Right now, the world couldn't be more chaotic. History shows us what gold does when the world goes crazy. It goes up in value. Right now, we're in unprecedented times. The pandemic, the war in Ukraine, the devaluation of the U.S. dollar. Gold and other precious metals are a defense measure against the hyperinflation that's happening right now. So what can you do to protect yourself? This is what you do. Call my friend, Alan Johnson at United Gold Group. He's dedicated to helping people secure their retirement income. He'll help you with gold, silver, and other precious metals and show you how to set up your own self-directed IRA. Safe and secure, United Gold Group makes gold ownership easy and affordable. There couldn't be a better time. Call now and get a Silver American Eagle proof set with a qualified IRA. Call 800-753-8534. Again, that's 800-753-8534. Or visit unitedgoldgroup.com. I'm Clyde Lewis, and you're about to listen to a sample of today's Ground Zero show. If you'd like to hear the podcast in its entirety, sign up at aftermath.media. I'm Clyde Lewis. And this is Ground Zero. The numbers to call tonight, 503-225-0860 or 866-536-7469. So on May Day, the First Republic Bank became... Yet another casualty of the overspending and carelessness of the war hawks and those who wish to create artificial scarcity. Monday's shutdown marks the nation's second largest bank failure. First Republic Bank had nearly $230 billion in assets last month, which eclipsed the Silicon Valley Bank collapse, which happened you know, a few months ago. Three of the four largest bank failures in U.S. history have taken place over the last two months. Think about that. The FDIC took control of the San Francisco-based regional bank and brokered its sale to J.P. Morgan Chase. And so what this deal will do is it's going to protect deposits, likely wipe out shareholders, and make the nation's largest bank even bigger. Now, First Republic's fate was set when the bank revealed that it lost $100 billion in deposits after the Silicon Valley bank collapse led to panic and the wealthy clients all panicked and, and its stock plummeted about 75% last week. So it's unclear whether First Republic Bank is the final domino to fall in the recent banking crisis, but that could hinge on whether depositors will pull their money from other institutions. Other banks that may be close to an effective insolvency include the Bank of Hawaii and the Banco Popular de Puerto Rico. So the Bank of Hawaii's hypothetical shortfall as of the end of 2022 already exceeded 60% of its capital. Now the Banco Popular de Puerto Rico has over double its capital and assets held to maturity. All three banks, Bank of Hawaii and the BPPR, and Charles Schwab, they've lost between one-third and one-half of their market capitalization over the last month. It's difficult to say with certainty whether they are indeed secretly close to insolvency, as they may have some form of insurance that could absorb some of the 
impact from uh, any loss of value in their assets. But if this were the case, it's not clear. It's not clear why they would need to employ this questionable technique, this accounting technique to, you know, I mean, the risk of insolvency is currently the highest it's ever been in over a decade. Central banks can solve liquidity problems while continuing to raise interest rates and fight price inflation, but they can't solve solvency problems without pivoting monetary policy or through blatant bailouts, which could increase inflation expectations, exacerbating the problem of decreasing valuations of long-term assets. Now, in the end, the Federal Reserve might, they might find that the most effective way to preserve the entire system is to just let the weakest fail. It's kind of a, a Darwin routine. The weakest will fail, the strongest will will continue until we have just maybe four or five banks out there that are going to be handling all the money of the country. Of course, that'd be perfect if we we're planning on going to a cashless society, right? You know, the smaller the, the, the smaller the network, the easier it is to monitor all these people. So we're looking at this crisis here. And, I mean, it, it just seems like it's all by design. To me, it looks like it's, I mean, it comes as the Federal Reserve is struggling to counter inflation through massive interest rate hikes, which they will expectly do once, once again in May. They're going to be doing this. So the latest bank collapse was actually, and I was, I, I think I saw this on CNN yesterday, but apparently uh, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, she had been warning that we as a country may not be able to meet the debt obligations, our debt obligations. We're not going to be able to meet them. And uh, as, as early as June 1st, we're going to become, you know, default. We're going to default on our debt obligations. That is, if Congress doesn't raise, raise the debt ceiling, the debt ceiling or the, or the, or the debt limit. So Yellen had said this, she said, after reviewing recent federal tax receipts, our best estimate is that we will be unable to continue to satisfy all of the government's obligations by early June and potentially as early as June 1st. If Congress does not raise or suspend the debt limit before that time. Now this is what Yellen had written. She wrote this actually to Congress on May 1st. So the letter she wrote, also highlighted that federal receipts and outlays are inherently variable and the actual date the Treasury exhausts extraordinary measures could be a number of weeks as more information becomes available. Yellen continued by saying, given the current projections, it is imperative that Congress act as soon as possible to increase or suspend the debt limit in a way that provides longer-term certainty that the government will continue to make its payments. So, I mean... This once again demonstrates that for all the brave talk by the Treasury, there's immense stress on our financial and banking systems right now. Just a lot of stress. Something that is only worsening because Washington continues to pump billions of dollars into the Kiev regime for the war in Ukraine. And you know what? The interest and the support for this is waning. And it should have waned a long time ago, but no. Finally, people are getting tired of this. They're tired. It's, it's just realizing that, you know, they're sick and tired. It's very unpopular in our country. Europe is now bitching about it. They're saying they don't like this anymore. We're throwing away 2.24 billion. No, wait, wait, not billion. Sorry. 2.24 trillion dollars. That's a lot of money. 
a mighty amount of money. It's also a sickening figure when considering the object of what is happening here. The tease of war, the promise of bloodshed, and the increasingly large butcher's bill. That's what this is. You are paying a butcher's bill. You understand that? Oh, no blood's on my hands. No, no, no. Our tax money is going to pay the butchers. And it doesn't matter where the bombs fall, right? As, you know, as long as we're all happy over here. We're not happy over here. This is a costly and wasteful war. It's hurting the economy. It's hurting the environment. And yet nobody is saying stop it. It's time to start saying stop it because we're just, we're plummeting. We're going downhill fast. 503-225-0860 or 866-536-7469. You're listening to Ground Zero. I'm Clyde Lewis. We'll be back. You just listened to a segment of Ground Zero. If you'd like to hear previous shows along with having access to our online library and social media platform, sign up now at Aftermath.media. It's only $10 a month, and there's also yearly specials to fit your budget. Again, go to Aftermath.media. I'm Clyde Lewis, and thank you for supporting Ground Zero.